launch into a new series this morning called March Madness. I've been so excited about this uh, as we approached. How many of you follow basketball? Raise your hand. College basketball. How many do not care about it until March Madness hits? That's what I thought. Hence, hence where we are today. March Madness. How many of you do not know what that is right there? Raise your hand. Be honest. You don't know what that is. All right. How many do know what that is? Isn't that cool? Even the folks that didn't follow it know. How many have already filled your bracket out? Ah, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I want to encourage you as you came in today on your seats, there were these little tags and there was a couple of them on there. I don't want you to throw that on the ground or put your gum in it, okay? Here's what I want you to do. Everybody look at me. I want you to invite someone to the hills next week. Coach Drew Maddox is speaking for us. This is a big deal. This is an amazing man with an incredible story and incredible testimony. Uh, CPA, he's, he's the coach uh, there. Uh, they won state last year and they're undefeated in their conference play this year. And it's just an amazing, but this guy is more than a coach. He is a pastor. He literally pastors those boys. He will text Evan uh, throughout the week. Evan plays for the JV. He'll text him and just say, I'm praying for you. How are you doing? Are you over the flu? So we don't just let anybody come speak at the hills. This is a great man. Gail, you know about that. He's an amazing man, isn't he? We're glad to have Gail, and I can't remember your husband's name. I'm sorry. Mitch, Gail and Mitch with us today. She is one of the teachers there at, uh, at CPA and one of, they're also friends of, of Sam Chapel, which that's not always a great deal, but that is a great deal. If you're a friend of Sam's and we love you. Uh, so I want you to take these tags and I want you to invite someone. Do you know, they say that when Easter rolls around, listen to this, when Easter rolls around, that 90% of people will attend a church if they're invited. Did you know that? That's an amazing statistic because people go to church on Easter. Let's pack this place out even more than we are. Let's just not have any aisles. Just pack this place out. Be amazing. So I want you to invite people and uh, take these with you. Put them in your purse. Put them in your wallet. And we're getting some new ones made here in the next several weeks. Some new invite cards are going to be really cool as well. Everybody look at me. Answer that. That could be the Lord. <laughs> if he has a word for me, just let me know if you don't mind. Everybody look at me. <laughs> Life is maddening. God bless y'all. Have a great day. <laughs> See you next week. Can I get a witness from somebody? Amen. That life can be maddening. You can have those times where everything is just smooth sailing. And then all of a sudden, everything just unleashes and goes crazy. Last week, I talked about the fact that it seems like all the areas of your life, financial, physical, spiritual, emotional, relationship, it's like they all get together and they huddle. They have a Google Hangout. And they say, hey, let's all gang up on him on the third, okay? March the 3rd, we're going to unleash everything on him. And you, one of them's like, can I go early? No, we're not going early. We're all going at the same 
time. How many know what I'm talking about? And I had some people text me this week or, or actually email and say, all right, it happened. They all ganged up on me this week. Life can be maddening. And during this series, we want to focus on finding God's purpose and God's plan in the midst of some of the things that drive us crazy. We want to dive in and find out how did Jesus deal with madness, with the things that could have made him lose his mind. How would he, in the month of March, teach us to deal with the madness? Because I'll tell you this, the thing that tells you if you're going to be successful or not is how you deal with the crazy stuff. Two amens and a nod from over there. (laughs) Well, you haven't read your text yet, so we don't amen. Well, boy, just a minute. We'll get there. Matter of fact, once you start getting ready, we're going to read from Matthew 8, 23 through 26, and then also Mark chapter 4. They're the same story, but from a little different perspective. And so Matthew 8 and Mark 4 is your turn in there. How many have seen that commercial, Cable is Worse Than? If you have not seen it, raise your hand. Oh, come on. It's great. So what's happening is they're talking about how cable just makes them so mad because they, they can only record so many shows and they're, they're really upset. And the guy goes, man, cable is worth, worse than, and he goes to a flashback of him in the dentist chair. His mouth's wide open and all of a sudden the dentist sneezes in his mouth. <laughs> Have you seen that one? Now, next time you see it, when it goes back to the guy on the couch, look at his face. That's the funniest part. He's just going, just kind of thinking about. Then another where the snapping turtle bites a guy's finger. And then the lady's walking her her dog out and the hawk goes, and picks up the chihuahua and takes off with, man, cable is worth and he's tied to a log and clowns are tickling him. And another one is cable is worth then and there's this ventriloquist dummy on a plane going, That's maddening, isn't it? How many could probably do your own commercial for that one? You could think of some stuff. I asked you last week, or actually a couple weeks ago, I said, as we approach this March Madness series, I'd like for you to tell me some of the things that drive you crazy. And it was really cool. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. By the way, if you don't follow the hills on those, it's the hills in Ville. We need you to do that. You should be doing it right now. Just go follow the hills on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, because there's some pretty cool stuff like this right here. You get to help me speak today. You're going to be a part of the sermon today. Let me read you the list of the social media reply of what drives people crazy. And if this is yours, just raise your hand. No, don't do that. Whining, complaining, bad drivers, apathy, drama, being rushed, technology. That was Kristen, I can tell you right now. Drummers. (laughs) John Laster, I know that was you. (laughs) Nolensville Road. (laughs) Some days, everything. Unkindness, hackberries. How many have hackberry trees? No? Okay. Kristen, I think we're the only one, so that was us that wrote that one too. <laughs> Sour milk. Mm. Counterfeit anything. People who are not true to themselves. Those who worry so much about what others think. Nashville traffic. Amen. 
with kids yelling in the back seat. <laughs> Text messages, bullying, waiting, deadlines. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Rude people, not having enough time. Opening fruit that you want so bad, only find there's mold on it. Ugh. Dirty toilet seats. Inconsiderate people, student loans, <laughs> unorganized closets, fitted sheets that make their way off the mattress. How many of y'all does that drive you crazy? Kristen, Kristen picks at me and I pick at her because I'll get up in the middle of the night to fix the sheets. I'll turn lights on. I'll be putting the sheets back under there, tucking them in. She'll wake up. What are you doing? I look over there, and there's just stuff everywhere. She's got the dresser in the bed with her. She's got just, she just doesn't care. Curtains. I love this one. This is Ben Pospisil. I got to say this. Hearing someone besides me yell bingo. <laughs> I love that one. I love our church, man. A sink full of dirty dishes with food left on them. Here's what drives me mad, they said, when I let myself down. Getting a three-putt bogey from 15 feet away. Money. When your child decorates your house with permanent stickers. <laughs> Dishonesty. Someone rushing me. Technology that does not come easy. Did you submit that twice, baby? That was Cheyenne. What drives me mad? My kid. <laughs> I love honest people. <laughs> oh, yeah, I hear that. Ooh, whatever. You don't have them. That's the only reason you're saying that. They will drive you mad. All the mamas are dedicating babies today. Can I hear an amen? There are days you just go, Argh. especially when you got a gifted one. That's, that's when it's really something. Uh, where was my kid? Laziness, stipulations, tentativeness. People who expect things to just be given to them without earning it. Judgmental people. Stubborn people. Car trouble. Man. People that feel sorry for themselves. People that complain all the time. Broken promises. Arrogance. And last, but certainly not least, mosquitoes. <laughs> Can I get an amen from people in the South? Here's what I found after reading through this. That what drives us crazy is all relative. It's relative. Because what drives me batty, what bothers me, probably doesn't bother you. What bothers you probably doesn't bother me. Right? What bothers your wife probably doesn't bother you. That's why you fuss over things like peanut butter. <laughs> or whatever it is. What is it? What's... Why do you smack when you eat? What is that? Well, it's not driving me crazy. I don't understand. Why does your fork go on the plate when you do that? Why won't you buckle your seatbelt? Ding, 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 ding. Why is it making me buckle my seatbelt? I don't understand. That's me and Jeremy every time we get in the car. He will not buckle up, and I just that I'm wanting to buckle him up. Doesn't bother him. Bothers me. Doesn't bother me. Bothers him. Does that make sense? It's all relative. And so we could take all of these things and try to take out. But here's what I'm telling you today. All of this says life will drive you crazy. Sometimes it's the little things. And sometimes it's the big stuff. 
We have a friend of ours named Raymond Lowry that has amazing quotes. And he has a quote that he says like this. When something goes wrong, he goes, Yep, everything's a deal. (laughs) Now, if you don't know what that means, let me explain. That means everything ends up being more than you thought it was going to be. Everything's a deal. Look at your neighbor and say, everything's a deal. I don't know why it's a deal, but it's a deal. And so we got to learn how to deal with stuff when it's a deal. When it looks like it's supposed to be great, but it's not great. When things go haywire and things go awry, how do we deal with those things? So let's look at for just a little while. And we had a baby dedication, so I'm going to shorten my teaching time today. So we're going to go really fast. Come on, get your seatbelt on. Ding, 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 ding. Get it on. Let's go. I want to look at how Jesus dealt with madness. Matthew 8, 23 through 26. From the New Living Translation, it says this. Then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. Suddenly, a fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him up and said, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. Jesus responded, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up. He rebuked the wind and the waves. And suddenly, There was a great calm. Look at me. Jesus didn't just make it through the madness. He caught up on his rest. (laughs) He was tired. That is astounding to me. You ever been around people that if they're going crazy, they want you to go crazy? And you ever been around people that nothing affects them? Just... Jesus went and took a nap and then the waves crashing and he still slept through it. So how could you sleep? I want to talk about three ways today that Jesus makes it through the madness and he teaches us how to do it. And in honor of Dr. Seuss's birthday, we're going to have some alliteration today. And by the way, yes, Kara, we will do that, all right? So Dr. Seuss's birthday was March the 2nd. So we're going to do some alliteration today. Number one. Madness, this is how Jesus makes it through the madness. He understood this. Madness is merely momentary. Write it down. I don't know if I can listen to him because he's quoting Dr. Seuss. (laughs) So let me read some scripture, okay? Matthew 4.35, Mark 4.35. Same story, different, different view. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. Look at me. This is before the storm hit. This is what Jesus says. Hey, guys, let's cross to the other side of the lake. Why is that key? Because Jesus knew they were going to make it to the other side. It wasn't a question. So the reason that he could sleep in the middle of a storm is because he understood this madness is only for a moment. If I can just make it through this moment, I know where we're heading and everything's going to be all right on the other side. I want to speak to some of you. We're all kind of quiet today. It's because our guests are here. Y'all trying to be nice, aren't you? Huh? Guests, y'all don't mind, do you? You do a little bit? No, you don't? Good. Great. 
This is how you make it through those times that you feel like everything is falling apart. You have to look and say, God has called me to do something great. God has promised me this. So obviously this storm where I am right now can't take me out. This is only a momentary tussle. This is only a few moments. I know where we're going. And so what happens is when you don't know your destiny, when you don't have enough faith in what God has called you to do, you lose your mind in those moments. But when you understand that God has called you to great things and that he wants you to accomplish something, you can make it through the mess. I just gotta, I just believe that God has called me and Kristen and the boys to do something so strong. We just believe that. And we have not accomplished everything that God wants us to accomplish. And so I can be on a plane and it's getting ready to go down and I just think it ain't going down because I'm on here. It ain't going down. I'm on here. Y'all are lucky. <laughs> Does anybody have that feeling? Look at me. You need to have that feeling. And then if the plane goes down, what have you lost? Come on. So why not have that feeling right now? Have that moment. Okay, God's called me to do great things. And if he wants me to go, then he's got a better way to accomplish it than I could. But for right now, I'm just going to believe that we're going to the other side. A favorite scripture in the Bible, 2 Samuel 17, 48, or 1 Samuel 17, 48. It's my favorite, and I don't even know where it is. <laughs> Samuel 17, 48 says this, When the Philistine army came near to David, that David ran toward the entire army. Not just Goliath. He took off after the entire army. Have you lost your mind? Little teenager, like, Aah! just running after him. What are you doing? Here's what he could do. He could go back to a day that an old prophet anointed him to be king. And he could look at that army and go, y'all are in between me and my destiny. He said, I'm be king. I'm not king yet. I'll run through a troop. I'll leap over a wall. I'll mow all y'all down. Not just Goliath. If we can have that kind of assurance in the promises that God has called and spoken over us, the momentary madness will not make you lose your mind. Don't let the madness of the moment change your faith in the future. We'll say that again. Don't let the madness of the moment change your faith of the future. You've got to be like Jesus who knew where he was heading and so that momentary madness didn't deter him at all. And what you do is you look at that and you say, how does this compare to my destiny? How does what I'm walking through right now compare to my eternity? I can make it through this. Did you hear that? Oh, you don't understand what I'm walking through. Yeah, but how does it compare to eternity? But I've been walking through this for a year, but eternity is forever. So how, can you make it through a year? Can you make it through a day? Compare it to eternity. Compare it to your destiny. What God has called you to do. Now look at me. If you don't know what God has called you to do, you need to have a revelation of that. Matter of fact, you know what we're going to do? After Easter, we're going to begin a series on identity. I've been praying. I had a whole plan that we were going to do after Easter. But I felt like the Lord spoke to me this past weekend and said, my people need to know who they are in me. So we're going to spend several weeks on just finding out who we are in Christ. How many want to be a part of that? 
The rest of y'all are good. Okay. We're going to, here's the deal. Once you, hey, once you get that and you know what he's called you to do and called you to be, you're able to walk through anything. Because you can look and go, I ain't done yet. Let's go. Come on. I'll take on all y'all. The big stuff and the little stuff, Blake, you can make it through it. I love what the scripture says. We know that our present sufferings do not even compare to the glory that's going to be revealed in us. What Paul was saying, hang on, you can make it. I remember listening to a trainer just working out, okay, 10 more seconds, 10 more seconds, and I'm getting ready to give up. He said, anybody can do it for 10 more seconds. Come on. Look at your neighbor and say, anybody can make it for 10 more seconds. You can do this. Just hang on there. I used to have a boss. I used to have a boss that said this, nothing's tragic if it ain't too long. And he would talk about singers when he was saying that. She really can't say, okay, but how long is it? She got three minutes. We can make it through that. Nothing's tragic. Let me say something to you. I want everybody to hear this. The madness only matters as much as you let it. Some of y'all didn't hear that. You need to hear that. I need to hear that. Somebody text that to me. I need to hear that. The madness only matters as much as you let it. So Raymond says everything's a deal. My mama says it's only a deal if you make it a deal. That's a good word. It's only an issue if you make it an issue. Number two, first of all, madness is merely momentary. Dr. Seuss would say today, a madness mob makes a mess. Write that down. A madness mob makes a mess. Mark 4.38, Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. I love that. (laughs) Didn't want the waves to jostle him. And the disciples woke him shouting, hold your ears, teacher, look at this, don't you care that we're going to drown? Not even thinking that he was on the boat with them. Isn't it amazing how in moments of madness people go crazy? They just lose their mind. At the slightest thing. And they look at you like, why aren't you screaming with me? And, and then you start screaming with them. And so now there's two people screaming, so they must be really crazy. So everybody needs to... You ever been around... You know how kids start that? One kid's... Eh, another kid's... Eh. But it's just like a chorus of children just crying just as loud as they can. Why are you... I don't know, but they're crying. So something must be going on. Oh, the fiscal cliff. Sequester. It's like a movie or something. I don't know what all that means, but it's just it's just people start running around and losing their mind over the smallest stuff. And I know that's not necessarily small, but it can be small. Oh, what are we gonna do with this? I don't know, but it's gonna snow and the schools are gonna shut down and we're gonna oh, we're gonna have church tomorrow. I don't know. Just, ah! <laughs> Jesus is just sleeping. And so in the midst of their madness, these disciples lose their mind and start attacking him. Don't you care about us? You don't care about us, Jesus. 
Isn't it crazy how in those moments of madness you say things you don't really mean? Or maybe you say things that you mean, but it just comes out in that moment? We're going to drown, just panic like Muppets just running around. And then it just, the the worst case scenario, it's going to get this way. And and here's what I found out is that madness shows our weakness. It shows your weakness. Because here's what Jesus said to them. He rebuked them. And he, he said, I mean, first of all, he rebuked the waves. And then he said to them, why are you so afraid? Don't you have any faith? Everybody say fear or faith. Here's what happens. When the madness hits, your fear steps up or your faith steps up. Why are you afraid? Where is your faith? How can you sleep? Because I got more faith than I do fear. How can you be so calm? Because I believe in the word of God more than I do in this momentary madness. So I don't think that I'm going to let you freaking out make me freak out. Look at your neighbor and say, that's good preaching. And I'm not going to let you tell them. I'm not going to let you. Some of y'all ain't even looking at your neighbor, much less saying them anything. Look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor and say, I ain't going to let you let me freak out. Help me freak out. Make me freak out. Madness is merely momentary. A madness mob makes a mess. If you let people, crazy people get together, everything goes crazy. Keep the crazies separated. I love going to a church full of crazy people. I love you. And number three. How did Jesus make it through the madness? Understanding that madness is merely momentary. A madness mob (laughs) makes a mess. And number three, he decided to make a miracle from the madness. Mark 4 and 39. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Shh, you're waking me. Be still. And suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Look at me. Every miracle begins with madness. We all want miracles. Nobody wants the madness. We all want the restoration. Nobody wants to go through the mess. Can I get an amen? Amen. We all want the healing. Nobody wants the sickness. We all want the direction. Nobody wants to get lost. The madness is the reason for the miracle. And so what has to happen is you got to change your mindset. And when you get a diagnosis or when there's disease or death or injury or loss or rejection or you make that mistake, you got to, instead of looking at the madness, you got to look for the miracle. Man. If I was preaching to a Pentecostal church, we'd be going right now. <laughs> you got to look for the miracle in the madness. It could be that the thing that's driving you crazy right now 
becomes the foundation for the greatest miracle in your life. But you got to quit looking at the madness. And you got to look for the miracle.